and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Monday, January 9th, 2023. I'm Micah Chopoli. Okay, here we are starting a new week. A new week. And how was your weekend? I'd like to know how your weekend has gone. How was it? Did you have a good weekend? It rained and rained and rained here. We're finally getting beneficial rains here in California. We're finally getting beneficial rains here in California. And uh, it's like these systems are coming basically every other day now. Every other day we're getting, we're getting dumped on here, which is good. It's good for the ski resorts. It's good for the drought. It's good for not having a fire season this coming summer. So it's been raining a lot here. And, you know, the funny thing about the climate change nut jobs is <laughs> when it's very dry, when we go through a period of winters where there's no rain, they say, ah, climate change. Look at that. Look how dry it is. Climate change is causing is causing this drought. And then when we have this record rainfall, this beneficial rainfall, they say, ah, Look at all this rain, how weird that is, climate change. They make absolutely zero sense. And as they're saying it, they don't realize how zero sense they make. So when it's too dry, it's climate change. When it's wet, it's climate change. Uh, what's not climate change? What's between wet and dry? Cloudy, is that not climate change? This is ridiculous. Everything is climate change. Everything. Every time there's like a, a snowstorm it's climate change, tornado, climate change, hurricane. Look at the hurricane, climate change, hurricane. So we're having these rainstorms here. And they're saying climate change because we're not supposed to get all this rain. Well, we are. And I think it's a good thing. And I don't think we need to blame everything on climate change. I really don't. So when you start doing that, you start to lose credibility, right? You really do. You start to lose credibility. Give me real data. Once again, just like with COVID and everything else, give me real data. Give me real data that shows a overall, a long period of time, a long period of time we're experiencing abnormal weather patterns over a very long period of time. I'm, I'm not talking I'm not talking uh, months or years or even decades. Well, give me at least decades, but centuries. But we only go back to like, what, 1870, 1880 when it comes to recording. So we don't know what happened before that. We don't know a lot of the patterns that happened before we started about 120, 130 years ago recording all this weather So and, 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 and uh, collecting the data. So I think sometimes we just have to like enjoy it, right? Enjoy it. You need rain. You're getting a lot of it. Enjoy it because you know what? It'll be dry here again very soon. There's no doubt about that. But that's what's happening. That's what's happening here. Wind, rain. And also, as I mentioned, and I'll get my pet peeve out of the way here and get into other more important issues. But as I mentioned, they always overstate it also. With every storm we've had here over the last three, four weeks, they've stayed Armageddon. Armageddon. San Francisco is the bullseye. They're going to be drought. They're going to be rivers and streams and 70 mile an hour winds. And, and we don't get any of that. We get a little bit of rain. It stops. It rains heavy for 20 minutes. It stops. 
there's a wind gust of 30 miles an hour, it goes down again. I mean, every single one, and this is just like COVID once again, where they overstate it, fear hysteria, it doesn't pan out. Then instead of going back and saying we were wrong, let's go off why we were wrong. They just go on to the next time being wrong, like they were right. It's, it's, it's maddening. It's absolutely maddening. When's the last time, if you're in a, if you're in a place like Minnesota, if you're in a cold weather place, how many times do they forecast, especially like in, in uh, coastal places like New York City, Boston, how many times do they forecast like 10, 12, 14 inch snowstorms and you get little or nothing? How many times has the weather person come on the next day and said, you know, I, I'm really sorry for that, folks. I, I was wrong. They never do. They never do. You know why? There's the assumption. Well, there are a couple of assumptions. One, that people are not going to believe them anyway, and they're always wrong. But two, the assumption is that people will then be relieved that they've called for all this fear and hysteria and the end of the world, and it doesn't happen. So you're not doing what it was there to apologize for, right? That's, that's the belief system. And it was the same thing with COVID. I always go back to COVID because uh, I'm obsessed because I always go back to COVID. And once again, it's almost like, well, you know, if none of this really panned out in the end, if the numbers don't really add up, so what? It's a good thing, right? We took precautions. It was a good thing. It was a good thing. Well, no, we know it's not because the precautions they took ended up hurting and killing more people. So, and we'll get back to my favorite subject of code in a while, but a, a couple of interesting things happened. Um, Biden, there was a evidently several confidential documents that were found in an old office of his. And evidently these are documents from when he was uh, vice president for eight years. And, uh, You'll, you'll hear very little coverage of this. I was watching my local news. I was watching my local news. And <clears throat> and they didn't mention it at all. On my local news here in San Francisco, I think it was NBC, there wasn't a, 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 a one second put towards Biden's uh, these confidential documents. Not one. Now, during the Mar-a-Lago stuff, the Mar-a-Lago raid and the 300 documents that were found there, it was never, never ending. Half the newscast was about it. Local news. Then I watched the national news, the one with Lester Holt. And there was about a 45 second to one minute segment. A 45 second to one minute. He promoted it. Oh, the Biden's documents. And I said, oh, wow, I can't believe this. And then the segment was like literally like a minute. And the, the, the person doing the stand up, the journalist, in quotes, doing the stand-up, made sure he said small amount of documents, small amount of documents. Now, this has been all over Twitter, of course, all day long. And uh, people like myself are saying, well, where's – I don't understand. What, what's the difference? Why aren't they talking about this the way they were talking about Trump's documents? And, um, of course, the, the DNC-owned, the left-owned news media – were, of course, being apologists for Joe Biden, saying, well, the difference is it was a small amount. The difference is it was a small amount, and he gave them up right away. Well, no, he didn't give them up right away, honey, bunny, dear, because he's been president for two years. He hasn't been vice president for what? Let me do the math. Six years. So giving them up right away would have been giving them up six years ago when he left office. Okay? Uh, it was Penn Biden Center is where they were found. And by the way, James Comer we have, we have another committee going. Good for them. They'll investigate those documents because if, 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 if the Justice Department wants to investigate and possibly indict Trump on the 300 documents, 
in Mar-a-Lago over four years of being president, and they should they should uh, investigate these. Now, so the difference is that they say he gave them up right away, which is a lie because this is uh, six years later, and uh, small small amount, huh? All right. Well, Joe Biden was vice president. Donald Trump was president. So one would say that being president, you're probably going to have more. The president's probably privy to more classified documents than vice president. I've never been president or vice president of the United States, but I'm guessing I'm right when I say that, right? That the, the, the president's probably going to have more classified documents than the vice president. There are documents the president sees and has that the vice president will never get. Okay. So therefore, it makes sense. It was a small amount because Joe Biden was president, vice president, and, and, and Donald Trump was president. Okay. And remember, they they raided Mar-a-Lago, what, about two years? Less than two years. No, less than two years after Trump left office. So remember, Biden's been out of his VP office for six years. Trump was out of his office for less than two years. Okay, so those documents were sitting there for about 18, 19 months for Trump, and they were sitting there for over six years, at least, because that's how long Joe Biden has not been vice president. So I can make the case it's worse, you see. But how about we don't make a case for it being worse or less, but the same? How about that? And really, think about it. Trump was president for four years, and they were, what, 300 documents? You would think there were 3,000 documents. I don't know if that's a lot. I don't know if that's a lot for the president for four years, 300 documents. But once again, the point is the left-wing media, the liberal media, right away jumps to Joe Biden's defense. Oh, no, 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 no. So different. This is so different. Small amount. And he gave them up right away. Six years is not right away. Right away would have been as soon as he left office. On January 20th, 2017. He didn't. Six years later, they found him. Once again. Once again. Instead of just admitting, just admit that you're in the corner for the Democrats. You're a liberal. You love liberals. You hate Trumpism. You think all Republicans are fascists and you're fighting against fascism. I want all journalists to come out and say that. All these left-wing journalists need to come out and say, look, we are fighting against the fascism of Trumpism, so we're not going to be fair. We're Democrats. We love Democrats. We kiss Democrats' asses. We think they're Jesus Christ, and they're against Trump, and we're on their side. Just come out and say that. Come out and say it. Or run a disclaimer as you're talking underneath. Just admit it. Stop with this garbage, just twisting yourself into a pretzel, this disgusting hypocrisy. You want more hypocrisy? I'll give you more left hypocrisy. Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro ends up in Florida, right? Now, by the way, if Bolsonaro, here's how it was covered. Here's how it was covered on my local newscast here in San Francisco. They were talking about Bolsonaro. They said, "This this this is the newscaster's voice. This is the anchor's voice, okay? Uh, former president of, of uh, Brazil, uh, Bolsonaro, who is now in Florida. Now, Florida. Now, if he was in California, would they say he's in California? No, but they made sure to emphasize he's in Florida. Once again, more left wing DNC owned San Francisco shit local TV media. 
Was it written in the tele- was it written in the teleprompter that way? Emphasize Florida. Knowing the San Francisco news writers, it might have been. What's the difference? What state he's in? Maybe you know what? Maybe there's a reason why Bolsonaro's in Florida. Maybe like here, here. I know this is mind blowing. A guy from Brazil, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, South America. Maybe he likes warm, humid weather. Maybe warm, humid weather. Maybe he's not going to go to New York because he's not used to cold and snow. Maybe he's not going to come to California because it's not hot and humid. Maybe he likes hot, humid weather. Maybe that's what he's like used to because that's like where he lived his whole life. So maybe that's it. Maybe he simply likes hot, humid weather. And that's why he went to Florida. You think? But to emphasize Florida... Like they, they, Florida is the state for exiled, uh, pre, exiled dictators. That's a safety state for exiled dictators. But the hypocrisy is that the State Department is talking about how he has no right to be there. He's not an American citizen. Oh, my goodness. So one guy they want out because he doesn't belong in this country. Meanwhile, three million illegal aliens have swarmed the border. Since Joe Biden, four million, I think, since Joe Biden took office, bringing fentanyl into the country, killing thousands, thousands and thousands of kids. Let me tell you something. I am concerned about the drug cartels entering the country. I'm not concerned about higher Bolsonaro. I don't think Bolsonaro is going to poison me. In fact, someone looks like someone might have poisoned him. He went to the hospital with uh, yesterday with stomach pains, with abdominal pains. See, I'm not worried about Bolsonaro poisoning our children. I am worried about the illegals and the cartels coming across the Mexican border poisoning our kids. That I'm worried about. But the left doesn't care about that. This Biden State Department hasn't once said, get those, those four million illegals got to get out of here. No, but higher Bolsonaro needs to be dispelled from the country. Look, it's one hypocritical bullshit thing after another. It's more hypocrisy every day, every day. There's more and more hypocrisy from the left, from the liberal media, from the Biden administration. More and more hypocrisy. When is this hypocrisy going to end? When's it going to end? Like the hypocrisy of Biden going to the border. Two years, people Two years. There are rumors. I don't know. I don't know his travel schedule his, his entire life. But there are strong rumors that he's never been to the border in a half century in politics, including eight years as vice president. Never been to the border. And now two years as president, we know for sure the first two years as president, he never went to the border. The president of the United States never went to the southern border when millions and millions of illegals have crossed over, where fentanyl is being born to the country and killing children. It takes him two fucking years to go. And of course, many speculate the reason is now he's about to announce he's running for re-election. If you can believe that joke, that sick joke. So now he wants to do this just before he runs for re-election. He wants to do it before he announces he's running for re-election. He wants to do this three-hour, basically, photo op, superficial trip. And just like they do in these third world countries, when the dictator, when El Supremo goes to the inner cities, they cleaned it up. You have migrants littering the sidewalks in places like El Paso, the way the homeless litter the sidewalks in many of our major cities, including the one I'm in, San Francisco. And literally, 
They showed the photos on Fox. You won't see them on NBC. This past Wednesday, they show all the all the tents and the people in the blankets and the people lined up on the streets. And then Thursday, they're all gone. It's pristine. It looks like the streets of Salt Lake City. Because they clean them up in order. For, this is like what they do when like uh, the Olympics are coming to a country. Right. And they clean everything up. They, they get rid of all the homeless. They clean it out. And then once everyone's gone, they all come back again. And that's happening in El Paso. Right now, Biden's gone and they're all back on the streets again. So this is what they do in third world countries. This is, you know, there's, there's a reason like uh, food critics, they don't alert a restaurant when they're going to the restaurant to review it, right? Because, you know, then you're going to get the best. They can, oh, my God, Mr. Critic, Mr. and Mrs. Critic is here. And they're going to get the best service. No, they want regular service. So they don't tell them they're coming. They couldn't, they couldn't write a legit review if they knew they were coming, if people knew they were coming, and then all of a sudden they cleaned everything up and they did their, they put on their best night for the critic. So the critic doesn't let them know they're coming. In fact, there was, there was a film, there was a, a restaurant critic in New York who was on TV every week, local television, and they would actually pixelate her face. So you didn't know what she looked like. This is just for a fucking film critic. This is just to do reviews of hamburgers and steaks. And yet they know Biden's coming and they clean it up. They did a good job. They got the best waiters and waitresses. They got the best. Uh, they got the, 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 the chef was on his you know best behavior as opposed to usually yelling at people like most chefs do. They won their best behavior. Everyone was ready to go because they knew the president was coming. They cleaned it up. Now. A good film critic, a, a good movie. Look at me. A good restaurant critic would know if the restaurant was alerted. They would know. They could tell in about five seconds. Is Joe Biden that much of a fucking dementia-ridden asshole, moron, that he doesn't see what I'm seeing on the streets of El Paso? He doesn't see the images? He never watches Fox News? No one ever brings him a briefing? So, is he that dumb that he doesn't know what's happening? That cleaning it up is actually going to fool him? I can't, as much as I despise Biden and think he's a total moron, I can't believe he doesn't know the real deal. But my feeling is, by cleaning it up like that, you're actually assuming the guy doesn't know the real deal. The guy's never watched Fox News. The guy has not seen the images all over the internet. That the guy's not been given the numbers? He hasn't been given the numbers of people crossing the border? So during those three hours that he's there, downtown El Paso is pristine, looks like Salt Lake City. And on that day, for that three-hour period, for those few minutes he's walking along the wall, no one's coming across or jumping over. And so everything's fine. What what problem? I don't understand. What what problem? Oh, you're overdoing it. Fox News is overdoing it. These xenophobes are overdoing it. Yeah, we just want to they just want us to hate Mexicans. They want us to hate people coming here for a better life. That's what they want. These people are coming in here for a better life, and we're so we're so hateful because they're just coming here for a better life. And they're not white. And they're not Trumpers. I can tell you the Democrats love them because they're gonna they, they want to let illegals vote. That's a real thing. It's not conspiracy theory. They want to let illegals vote, and they know the illegals the Democrats let in will vote for Democrats. Right? You're going to vote for the person who lets you in. 
who welcomed you the most. So the Democrats know exactly what they're doing. They got four million voters now that they didn't have two years ago. So they absolutely love the illegals because they're more voters for them. They're more votes. That's why they love the illegals. That's why. You could always talk about the bleeding heart leftists, but look, there's always there's always money in politics and power behind everything. It's not just bleeding heart, okay? These people aren't that nice. They want the votes. But what they don't realize they're doing, because they are stupid in a way, is they're losing the votes of the Latinos that have worked their asses off to get here the right way. That's why a lot of these Latinos are voting Republican now. Because they don't believe in this open border system. They don't believe in this open border system. They believe in coming here the right way, just like they have, just like generations of them have. And then Biden does something is more, more, more idiocy from Joe Biden. He's, he's comparing these people to the people who came here during the Holocaust to, 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 to escape Hitler. He compares that. He compares the Holocaust and, and the people who came here, the immigrants who came here to escape Hitler to these people. It's absolutely, it shows what a fucking idiot this man truly is. How can you compare those two things? Now, it's very possible. I want to give Biden the benefit of the doubt. He may actually think the Holocaust happened last week, right? It's Joe Biden. So he might think it happened last week. So he might think it's an imminent thing. He might think these people are escaping the Holocaust and Hitler. But the man is, 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 is totally clueless. Seriously, he's totally clueless. They're coming here for... Many reasons, but the very, 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 very slim few are coming here to avoid being executed or killed. A lot of them are coming here because of better social safety nets to take advantage of social safety nets, money, food stamps, whatever they can get their hands on, better jobs, or to start a uh, cartel, to make money off of fentanyl, to make money off of poisoning American children, like the drug cartels. The fact of the matter is, you can sort all this out. It's called a border. People come through a border, through points of entry, and you can sort out the bad from the good. Pretty easily. So all you have to do is come through a point of entry. That's it. No one's saying people can't come here. People have always been able to come here. Our, much, our immigration policy here has been very fair. But you have to apply the laws that are on the book. Stop talking about making new laws. The laws have been there. They've been there for a long time. You simply have to apply the law. That's it. As it is, as it's written. But of course, the left will continue to make everything about what? Everything about racism, xenophobia. Everything is racist. Everything's xenophobic. Oh, yes, we just, the right just, the conservatives just hate Latinos. Yeah, sure. 
Sure, sure. You keep believing that, which is why more and more Latinos are voting for, I guess, Republicans, because they like being hated, huh? Is that why more and more Latinos are voting for Republicans? Is that why Democrats hemorrhage Latinos every election? Because Latinos just are dumb and they like voting for people who hate them? Obviously, that's not the answer. The answer is they appreciate the fact that they want others to have to do what they did to get here. They want others to have to do with, it's very funny, Geraldo Rivera's on with Sean Hannity now talking about San Francisco, the downfall of San Francisco. When's the last time Geraldo Rivera has been to San Francisco? I invite him, though. I invite anyone to come out here and I'll walk you around the Tenderloin if you haven't been here in a while. And it won't be cleaned up before you get here. Don't worry about that. I'm going to give myself a thumbs up for that one. So back to the, the two-tier justice system when it comes to Trump. And, and that's, that's the real answer, by the way. If you're going to look at the, these confidential files, the difference between Trump and Biden is just that. One is named Biden and one is named Trump. That's all the difference you need to know about. That's the difference in how this being covered. One guy is named Trump and one guy is named Biden. You can believe me, believe me. I know Trump says that a lot, but believe me, believe me. If Biden were found with the documents Trump had and Trump were found with the documents Biden had, they would still cover it the same way. They would blast Trump and excuse Biden. No matter what, don't buy this bullshit. It was a few documents, not 300. He gave them up right away and supposed to two weeks. Don't, don't believe all that crap. You know, especially both parts. I will re- reiterate it. Joe Biden was vice president. Donald Trump was president. The president's going to have a lot more documents like that than the vice president. And they went after Donald Trump less than two years after he left office. Joe Biden's been out of office as VP for six years. OK, so he didn't give them up right away. He gave them up at least six years later and he was vice president for eight years. So that come on, stop with the bullshit. Once again, the difference is clear. One guy is named Trump. One guy is named Biden. And there's Trump derangement syndrome. There's no Biden derangement syndrome. So they have it. That's the answer. It's the only answer you need. Yes, we know in the left are owned by the Democrats. We know that they're owned by the DNC. They're all Democrats. They're all liberals. They want to push their agenda. That we know. They prove it every fucking day. But the good news is the Republicans now control the House. I'm going to get into the new... By the way, some people might be wondering that uh, the new bill, the new the new House uh, bill that they came up with, what do you call it? The Rules Committee, the rules, the House rules. What are they? What are these new rules? Well, I'll go over those new rules because they, they, they vary from speaker power to spending power. A lot of good uh, uncommon sense things in there. Uh, but. As far as the Biden documents go, James Comer, who is now chairman of the House Oversight Committee officially, told reporters that the handling of the discovery of document, classified documents by President Joe Biden's lawyers that were taken from the White House six years ago is a display of a two-tier system of justice. Once again, I'm glad they mentioned it was taken six years ago. On Monday, Fox News confirmed that a batch of records from Biden's time as vice president, including a small number of documents with classified markings, were discovered at the Penn-Biden Center by the presidential attorneys on November 2 of last year. The attorneys found that, first of all, these were found on November 2, December, so two months later. We find out about this over two months later. The attorneys found the documents in a locked closet while preparing to vacate office space at the center. 
Imagine that you're going through, which the president used from mid-2017 until he began the 2020 campaign. Comer told reporters that the handling of these documents is a stark contrast to the FBI's raid of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home in Florida last year in search of classified documents taken after Trump lost his re-election bid in 2020. Is the White House going to be raided tonight? <laughs> Comer asked. Are they going to raid the Biden Center? I don't know. This is further concerned. There's a two-tier justice system within the DOJ with how they treat Republicans versus Democrats. Certainly how they treat the former president versus the current president, Comer added. Comer said that after the Mar-a-Lago raid, According to the research his office conducted, they found that every president had accidentally packed documents that may or may not be considered classified, but they weren't raided. Yes, that we know. They weren't raided, and Trump was. Comer said the Oversight Committee plans to send a letter to the National Archives, and depending on where the investigation leads, will open to holding a new hearing on the matter. President Biden has stated that classified documents in the White House is irresponsible. Taking them from the White House is not responsible, he said. Under the Biden administration, the Department of Justice and National Archives have made compliance with the Presidential Record Act a top priority. We expect the same treatment for President Biden, who has apparently inappropriately maintained classified documents in an insecure setting for several years. So, do you know what this really proves, folks? Really proves? It really proves that this is not a big deal either way. And that's the way I felt when this first thing happened with Trump, that every president does this. Biden, Obama had a lot of this stuff on computer files. Every president does this. And they, and, and, and see, the people in this country think that the president is like them, that when the president leaves the White House, just like when they leave an apartment to go to a new apartment, they either, they either, they pack everything up themselves, unless you have money and you, you know, obviously you can hire someone else to pack up your stuff. But what happens is the president, Trump and Melania didn't pack their stuff up. They have an agency that packs all this stuff up. So the independent agency who doesn't work for Trump, who works for the country, packed all this stuff up, right? And this stuff was taken to Mar-a-Lago either sometime, I think part of it when he left and part of it during the course of the presidency. And also there's no, like, Evidence that any of this stuff is really that important. That any of this stuff can lead to like the end of the world. Remember they were pretending, they were they were promoting it could lead to World War III, nuclear war, there were nuclear codes, they were coming up with all this garbage, as they always do when it when it concerned Trump derangement syndrome. They add on stuff that doesn't exist to make it seem worse, and then they never go back and say once again, they never go back and say, Oh, that never happened. We were wrong about that. No, they just throw all the shit out there hoping some of it sticks to people's brain cells and never goes away, which is the case often, i.e. six feet of distance between us. But the fact of the matter is he doesn't pack it up. He didn't pack it up. Some independent agency packed it up. And I'm sure Trump didn't really give a shit. He has more important things to worry about than some papers that were collecting dust in Mar-a-Lago. So this was all, I believe, much ado about nothing. And I believe Comer's right. They targeted him. Other presidents have done similar things. And they never raided them. They always worked with them and gave them as much time as they needed to return them. And I'm going to guess there are some presidents out there that still haven't returned some stuff they probably should return. Do they keep it as a keepsake? I have no fucking clue. 
Did they just lose track of it? Very possible. Do they think it's less important than it is? Very possibly. But to raid him and then to say they can indict him on it, of course, is total horseshit. It's it's applying so-called rules to one guy, one one person, and not all the others that came before him, or obviously the one that just came after him. So there's no doubt these are double standards. There's no doubt there's, these are double standards that Trump's documents, Trump's documents needed a raid and a possible indictment, which will never happen, by the way. And uh, and Biden's documents, oh, they're just a few documents that he he left around as vice president. He gave them right back. He gave them right back six years later. So this is the problem. <clears throat> this this incredible double standard. And when something like this happens and you go, aha, look at this. The left media is there right away to defend him. The left media is there right away to say, oh, no, we're going to throw cold water on that. Not the same thing. Not the same thing. Trump's a criminal and Biden's, a, you know, righteous man. Even though all their talking points are wrong. He did not give them up right away. This is six years later. And he was vice president. Yes, he's going to have fewer classified documents than the guy who's actually president. We know this from all the files of classified documents that Obama had that took him a long time to return. He didn't do it right away. Yet he was never threatened with a raid, never threatened with indictment, never threatened. Media never even we never even heard about these Obama documents until after the Trump raid. The media never even spoke about it. The double standards are through the roof. The hypocrisy is absolutely revolting. And a lot of it just came down in one day of all these different issues, whether it's Bolsonaro doesn't belong in this country, but the four illegal immigrants who are some are spreading fentanyl are they're They're fine. Don't even talk about them. Let's clean everything up so Biden can go to this photo op so he can announce he's running again. To Trump's documents are enough to put him in jail, but these Biden documents are nothing. Oh, just an oversight by a great guy. It's truly, truly never ending. Okay, what do we go to next? You want to do the House rules? What do you want to do? Well, this is a good thing, actually. The House voted to rescind billions in funding to the IRS. The first major acting was registration legislation to roll back billions in funding approved an Inflation Reduction Act for the IRS. This was expected, but very important. The House of Representatives voted to rescind more than $70 billion in funding to the IRS service on Monday night, fulfilling newly executed promise to prevent the agency from hiring tens of thousands of new agents and conducting new audits on Americans. The bill, dubbed the Family and Small Business Taxpayer Production Act, and sponsored by Representative Adrian Smith and Representative Michelle Steele, passed the House 221 to 210. The legislation will roll back the billions of dollars of funding for the IRS approved in the Inflation Reduction Act last year, but leaves in place funding for customer service and improvements to IT services. 
the bill rescinds any funding that could be used to conduct new audits on Americans and funding that would double the agency's current size. The Inflation Reduction Act gained, granted an $80 billion boost to the IRS over a 10-year period. The same IRS, okay, this is the IRS, we'll talk about the FBI later, with more than half of those funds approved with the intention of helping the agency to crack down on tax evasion. The funding would have gone towards fulfilling 87,000 IRS positions. Uh, congressional Democrats, uh, yeah, the vote came at the, after they wrote that. Okay. McCarthy in an interview with Fox News Digital just before. Okay. All right. So this is a big thing. This is a big thing. And it's important to show that the new Republican House is standing up for the American people. That's an important thing to do. It's an important move because we knew that these agents were not there to go after Sam Bankman Freed and, 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 and Madoff and those types. Those types have lawyers who can protect them from anything, delay anything, pay it off, whatever, pay off the fine. It doesn't matter. It's going to go after the regular people. It's going to go after the regular people. Oh, you didn't list that $60 tip? Oh, well, you have to pay it back. You didn't list that, uh, oh, 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 you won that lottery ticket for $210? Well, pay it or you're going to jail. That, it was going to go after the regular people. That's what it was going to do. It was going to nitpick the regular folks, make them the ones, the, the regular folks who they can get money from. Because the regular folks don't have money for lawyers, don't have money to postpone. So they have to just pay it. And that's what most people do, by the way. When they get something from the IRS, as you owe $800, they, they pay it. They don't have a, they can't pay a lawyer $8,000. <laughs> To prevent having to pay eight hundred dollars, so they just do it. What do you think? So, what do you think to help you? It's not block. So they just pay it. So these these obviously these agents were going to go after because there are you can't there aren't enough millionaires and billionaires to fulfill all these positions for these people. So of course they're going to go after regular Americans. There's no doubt about it. So it was important. Regardless of where it goes from here, this was an important move that the Democrat-run House did not do and the Republican-run House did do. That's important to show. This is going to be going forward. There's going to be a lot of things that the Republican House will do that the president won't, uh, won't, won't write off on, this Democratic Senate won't write off on, but the Republican Congress still has to do it. They can't say we're not going to bother because it's not going to go anywhere with the Democrats controlling the other two-thirds of government. They have to just do it. And so they have. We need receipts. You need records of these things that you're actually trying to do something. So that's a big move. It was promised. Also, it was big because it was promised. It was promised this would be the first thing they did, and it was the first thing they did. So that's a good start. That's a very good start. Uh, the rules changes. The rules changes. By the way, there's still, before I go into the uh, new rules change in the House, there's still people who are bitching and moaning. There are still people bitching and moaning about the Republicans taking 96 hours, four days, to decide who the Speaker of the House is going to be. There are actually people still, this is how, you know, I hate saying this a lot because I know, I know people who listen to this podcast are very smart. And I know there's a good portion of Americans who are very smart because they don't all vote for Democrats. 
But there, I guess there are enough people out there, especially within the Democratic ranks. And of course, this constant uh, brainwashing by the left-wing media helps the situation also for them to actually say that this was like um, the worst thing that could happen. And some of them are actually promoting it as that, that this was like four days of absolute travesty. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What happened? Oh, what, what, what America had to, people are actually saying what America had to go through, what the Republicans put America through. Once again, this is like inside the beltway living in a vacuum. Bullshit. Most people didn't give a shit. Most Americans weren't even watching last week. Most Americans, if you talk to the average American, probably didn't even know it was happening. In fact, the average American probably doesn't even know who the Speaker of the House is. So this is the usual bullshit that comes from the pundits. Oh, my God, this was the worst thing to happen to democracy in a 100 years. How could it happen? Four fucking full days, not even a full week because Monday was a holiday. 96 hours of negotiations. Oh, my God, what have they done to the country? These people are actually getting away with saying this crap. As though people believe it. And they do. Because most people don't watch closely. So what do they watch? What do most people see? What does the average American see? They see the pundits talking about how how horrible Republicans are, that they held the country hostage for four days. They hear that. They didn't actually see any of the negotiations. They weren't there. They weren't watching on C-SPAN. So they see that. And they'll show a video of that fat guy going after, by the way, he didn't even go after him. Did you see? He moved like a, the guy's so fat, he could hardly move. like a half inch. He moved like a half inch. Get, get, he didn't even get within like uh, eight miles of Gates. 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 So they see that, right? So they see Democrat pundits talking about how Republicans are so extreme, they held the House hostage and the country hostage for 96 hours. And they'll show a shot over and over again of this guy supposedly lunging at, at, at Matt Gates. Oh, my God. Look how, look how stupid. They, ha, ha, look how dumb these Republicans are. Ha, ha. Look how violent and crazy they are. Ha, ha. So this is what most people see. That's why they keep talking about it and repeating it. Even the people who talk about it, as it comes out of their mouth, they don't believe it. Most, people, most of these people have some kind of brains. They went through school. They know this wasn't a big deal. In fact, they know it's probably a good thing. But they know they can brainwash people because most people don't watch the whole thing. Most people didn't sit through the whole four days. Most people didn't watch C-SPAN the whole time. Most of these people don't watch Fox News. They will never put it on. They'll never put the channel on, not even for a commercial. So they believe what they're fed. They believe this bullshit that this was the end of democracy for four days. That democracy didn't exist. The government didn't exist for four days. This is what they believe. Instead of the actual truth, which is that this was actually like democracy in action. This is what happens in other, as we talked about last week, this is what happens in other parliaments all the time. What happens in other parliaments was that 96 hours on steroids, on acid. This was nothing. It was a big nothing ball. And (laughs) I mean, do they believe themselves when they, when these left-wing pundits say things like, and for four days, there were no congressmen. Oh, everyone was a congress. There's no real house. Oh, my God, there was no congress for four days. Oh, so what? They could have spent those four days doing bills. Yeah, okay, right. 
Yes, because Congress does bills every fucking day for two years. There's never a four-day period where they don't do anything. In fact, it's the opposite. These people actually had to work for four days in overtime. They had to work. They had to work on Saturday morning. It didn't end until Saturday morning. They had to finally work and do fucking something for the 200 grand they make a year and all the benefits and the pensions they get after one term. They had to actually work for it. That guy Santos, do you think he gives a shit if he loses in two years? He got two, he'll get two or $400,000. He'll get his health care. He'll get, he'll get the pension. Who does he give a shit? Make them fucking work for it for once. By the way, that's Santos. You know how I feel that if he was going to, I'm glad he didn't resign. Like I said, if he resigned, then Biden and Swalwell and about 180 of them should have left with him. But he does look like a little shkavoos. This guy looks very shkavoos. How, how a Democratic opponent didn't look at this guy and say, op, op research, as much money, put five million, op research. I don't know. I have no idea. It shows how inept the Democrats are. Because he looks like he's uh, hanging out in some high school bathrooms. But hey, what's the, I don't want to knock a guy's hobby. Give myself thumbs up for that, too. All right. So what am I starting the week off in a high note? All right. So let's see. Uh, let's look at let's look at some of the rules changes. If I don't want to chime in at any point, you, you're very welcome to chime in. Uh, let's see. The House rules, new changes. The subcommittee also. OK, here we go. Here we go. So mo- motion to vacate the chair. People have been thinking about that. What does that mean? Motion to vacate the chair. Why does the chair have to vacate? One of the main changes McCarthy agreed to was lowering the threshold needed to trigger a vote on booting any speaker, including him. Before 2019, when then-Speaker Pelosi took control, any one member could trigger a vote under the so-called motion to vacate the chair. Sounds right. It was that way for a long time, right? Up until 2019. Under Pelosi, such a vote could only could only be sparked if a majority of either party supported one. McCarthy, in order to win over some of the dissenters, had suggested lowering the threshold back down to five lawmakers, but ultimately he agreed to one. So understand this. There is a misconception here. The misconception is that the five it was five dissenters under Pelosi, and she lowered it to one. And uh, that would have been bad enough. It was one dissenter. And Pelosi made it so only the vote could only be sparked if a majority, a majority of either party supported one to protect her elitist asshole. Now it's back to where it was before 2019, which is that one dissenter can spark this. It doesn't mean one dissenter can kick the, the speaker out. It's just one dissenter can start a process which probably wouldn't end with the speaker being kicked out anyway. While the notion, while the motion has never been used, here it is, while the motion has never been used successfully. So the motion of one was never used successfully. The threat of it has helped push two recent speakers, Boehner and Ryden, into retirement. That was even too dangerous for Pelosi. Remember, the way it was before her with one dissenter had never been used successfully. She still had to get rid of it. During the speakership negotiations, why else would she get rid of it other than protect her ass? 
During the speakership negotiations, McCarthy also vowed that he would use upcoming debt ceiling negotiations to force the Biden administration to enact spending cuts. A tactic the White House swiftly rejected over GOP outcry that they were being intractable. On top of that, the new rules package no longer requires the House to automatically increase the borrowing limit through a budget resolution that would be enacted by borrowing that breaches that limit. The budget ceiling is said to be reached at some point in some. Okay. Increased amendments to spending bills. Another change is allowing any one lawmaker to offer amendments to spending bills. The move supporters say is intended to increase transparency in some of the government's most sprawling pieces of legislation. Shortly after the passage of a $1.7 trillion spending bill late last year that was largely negotiated behind closed doors. However, the change could also lead to increased gridlock on legislation that is found to keep the government from well. Blah, 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 blah. The House has 435 members, each of whom will be able to talk for 10 minutes on the floor to introduce their spending amendments, meaning in theory they could be over three straight days of amendments just being if lawmakers didn't take any breaks. <clears throat> The amendment rules change makes it messy. It makes it time consuming, says Dan Crenshaw, but it does make members feel like they have act, they actually have a voice. New spending must be counterbalanced with cuts. This has always been a big thing for Republicans. Reflecting Republicans' fiscal focus, the rules package also requires that any new spending that the chamber passes must be offset by cuts, though it doesn't explicitly say where those reductions would have to come from. However, the GOP has long targeted entitlement programs like Social Security and Medicaid. Defense spending cuts. Defense spending has emerged one of the more sticking points for some Republicans. The language in the package seeks to limit discretionary federal government spending at the 22 level for the next 10 years, which if enacted and applied to defense programs would translate into a roughly 10% reduction. While some Republicans more aligned with former President Donald Trump's foreign policy advocate for a smaller international footprint, arguing the Pentagon's budget is bloated, other conservatives have said it creates national security risk because they want the they want the military budget to be eighty five gazillion trillion infinity dollars. I added that part. I don't think that's an actual number, but that's if it, if it was an actual number, they would they would go for it. Subcommittee to investigate. The new rules in, include language regarding the formation of a House Judiciary Subcommittee to investigate the weaponization of the federal government. The panel will have the ability to look at how the federal government collects and analyzes information on Americans and probe any ongoing criminal inquiries. Boosting the committee's power would also get access to the highly classified information typically shared with only the House Intelligence Committee. Jim Jordan, Ohio, will chair the group and is also expected to lead the larger Judiciary Committee. We got more resources, more specificity, more power to go after this recalcitrant Biden administration, uh, Chip. Roy said, I guess that Chip Roy, not Wah, right? That would be Canadian. He's from Texas. Chip Roy said on Fox News on Friday, after winning the concessions from McCarthy on the panel and his purview. Among other things, the committee will be able to investigate the Justice Department's investigation, investigation into the Capitol attack last year, which has ensnared some lawmakers. Representative Scott Perry, who had his phone seized by the FBI last year as part of its inquiry this weekend, did not commit to recusing from the subcommittee, denying that it would constitute a conflict of interest. Why should I be limited? Why should anybody be limited? Just because someone has made an accusation? Everybody in America is innocent to prove it otherwise. Okay. The Holman Rule. The Holman Rule. The new protocols include the so-called Holman Rule, which allows lawmakers to propose amendments to spending bills that would cut funding for specific programs to one buck, essentially defunding them. You can do a lot for a buck. The move comes as Republicans target existing investigations into the January 6th insurrection and Trump's efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. As with other spending changes, it's unlikely any push to defund those efforts will pass the Democratic-controlled Senate 
and be signed into law by President Joe Biden, but it could be used as a negotiating tool for Republicans with must-pass legislation. So those are, those are some of the things. They, they all sound pretty good to me. I have no problem with any of those things, say the truth. Nothing. So it, it all looks like it, it goes towards like more transparency, right? You know, a big part of what happened last week was the 72 hours of the negotiations of last week were like 72 hours to be able to ponder a bill. Remember that omnibus bill was like, what, 5,000 pages? And they passed it in what, 24 hours? No one read that fucking thing. No one read it. And it was filled with stuff. Instead of having these separate bills, so what they want to do now is have separate bills. You can't just shove everything into one 5,000-page bill. Everything needs to have separate bills. And that makes much more sense. There's much more transparency there. You're not putting these poison pills in everything. Plus, giving people three days. I think that's a, a legitimate thing to give people three days to read these bills before they decide whether they want to vote on them or not. Shouldn't like, shouldn't they actually read the damn thing before they vote on it? Does that make sense to read it before you vote on it? I think that makes perfect sense. Is that is that, is that extreme? Is that extreme? Is that is that white nationalism to want to read a bill before you vote on a bill? Gator, how was your weekend, Gator? Good, yeah, not too bad. Thanks, mate. Not too bad. How about yourself? Oh, not bad. Pretty good. Lot of, lots of rain here. Too much rain. Too much rain. Oh, it's global warming, that, mate. <laughs> Trying to get me upset? Yeah. Okay. You're already upset, aren't you? <laughs> I've been upset for how many years now? <laughs> 51. <laughs> Very good. He remembers my age. Look at that. Is that because you're only, what are you, 39? Oh, maybe. When do you hit 40? When does 40 happen? Does it happen yet? Never. It's an unattainable age, isn't it? Oh, you're uh, Jack Benny. You're 39. <laughs> Jack Benny's 39. Yeah, yeah forever. I did, I, did a, I did a deal. There's a painting in my loft. <laughs> you did the same deal. You know who else done that deal? Tom Cruise. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, now in New York, well, I mean, I don't dye my hair, though. <laughs> there or, you go. Or you'd have thought you'd have thought Tom Cruise would have also dyed his beard. If you notice, if you ever get stubble in a film, he doesn't dye it, so you see the grey. It's like, well, well, that's giving away your dye job, isn't it? Stupid man. You know, I never noticed that. I have to take a look. I look close on Mission Impossible films. Well, it has to be on purpose because there's no way someone like that would overlook something like that. You know, a detail like that. A guy like that, he's got all the details down. I'm sure. So you know what? He's doing it. To show, like, he's not that vain, right? Yeah. He's not. Right. Someone like Gator will notice it, so I'm not that vain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, what do you think about all this here? What do you, what do you think okay. about Okay. I'm, I'm going to ask you something that you won't like, but it's not meant to be um, insightful or unpleasant, right? Yeah, not so, on Monday. Come on. Not on in, Monday. In, in, big, in big picture terms, Mike. Yeah. You know, uh, you and I have spoken quite a lot, and you know that I'm very cynical, and I think justifiably so, right? But, but, but you're, you, you, and I know what you know. For the sake of talking about stuff, you you sort of reacting to recent events, right? But you are kind of, in a way, to me, when I listen to you, you are quite superficially accepting fairly things things to an extent at face value and what do i mean by that right 
I mean, you, and you also seem to be, if you're genuinely angry, it's also somewhat, you seem to be somewhat angry at the face value of everything, right? I'm more cynical in the sense that I would argue, surely would you agree that no matter what's happened in the house, as you say, like a shutdown, a four-day shutdown, irrelevant, the, the whole House of Parliament goes on holiday for two or three weeks in August, September, so no business of government gets How did done. How the I mean, survive? Oh. Exactly, exactly, right? And that's not the only one. I'm sure the French do, do it for the whole more, It's August. probably more peaceful when they're gone. Yeah, right. So, so, um, so that's irrelevant, isn't it? And, and, and so when we talk, if we were to talk about that, what are we talking about? Are we talking about anything that matters? Or are we talking about the fact that the media are told to tell people, oh, the business of government is being interrupted for four days? I mean, if that, that is the case, that's, if that's simply what fills the newspapers. It doesn't mean anything at all does it right so is it even worth commenting on the notion that the government has shut down four days because it clearly hasn't it's just a lie right no it hasn't said no, right yeah but they'll, they'll say it as though the government shut down but it's not because the government's working well yeah but so who who was it you were referring to who supposedly believes that well just the left-wing pundits on cnn msnbc on but, social yeah media. okay you know, right. But, so, so, and, so this and, and, and the, Democrats and Democrats who want to make a well, but they don't, do they? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, this is my point. If you are kind of going to talk about the superficial stuff like that, you're actually fueling the fire that pisses you off because you're you're claiming that somebody somewhere gives a shit. It's not the layer of presentation of shit that comes out of the TV is telling you somewhere somehow someone apparently gives a shit about this and you the sucker should well it's not true none of that's fucking true right isn't it worth not talking about that anymore because you're just reacting to a load of lies uh i i'm reacting to a load of lies yes i want to expose them for their lies i just want to call them on their lies i mean yes obviously i'm reacting to their lies but it, 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 people have to – we have to collectively call them on this stuff because they do brainwash people. I mean, Gator, there are plenty of Democrats in this country and some Republicans who will truly believe that what happened for four days was this, a national travesty and uh, the Republicans are here to tear down democracy. When it's uh, – when not only is that a stupid lie, but it's, it's exactly 180 degrees the opposite of that. What we saw was democracy in action as written in, in our constitution as the founding fathers intended. That's exactly we don't see that enough. So because you don't see something enough, you know, say people aren't used to it. They get turned off by something they're not used to. Right. Mm. They're afraid of something. They're not used to it. So it's uh, it, that's the problem. So I think we have to call them on this. Otherwise, we have to try to. I don't want to be, I don't want to seem grand here, but we, we, we have to try to stop the brainwashing as much as we can. You know, what I'm saying we have to prevent that brainwashing. We have to block it as much as we can. And that's just with, you know, collectively people like myself and other podcasts and people on television, if they're on Fox, saying how ridiculous that argument is and how, how, okay. untru how untrue it is. How I think that's a fair point. But the question I then have is this. Do you really believe that essentially, the, let's call them the Republicans, do not really have much of a hold over an influence over the media cycle in real net political terms. Um, do I think Republicans, did you say Republicans have a hold? 
Yeah, because I mean, we're talking about an idea that the DNC, the Democrats and, and the Liberals possess all of the control over the six media companies that dominate, that, that control the, the mainstream output of the entire North American news entity. That's basically what we're saying, isn't it? Right. And that right. somehow the Republicans are not involved with that. Um, I think in this country, it's hard to argue that the left doesn't have the overwhelming majority of control of the media. I, I think it's I'm always amazed that Republicans can win anything here because the left has such a dominating control. When you look at the cable networks, you have CNN, you have two of the three major cable networks are left wing. When you have all of the TV networks, uh, NBC, ABC, CBS, PBS, all that's a, a left wing um, national NPR left wing. When you have all of this left wing propaganda machine, I find it very right. difficult. I mean, okay. you know, the left has complained about Fox News for years, and that's one that we we have we have one network. You know, they have everything else. Okay, um, so, so doesn't that yeah, beg? I, I would argue that they have ninety percent of the media here, and so I would I would argue that yeah, they have that. That's a, that's a big reason why they win. Okay, that's doesn't that beg an obvious question though? But the, the if, let me the, just if let me just, before you say that, let me just say this. I think if it was more fifty fifty, they wouldn't win much. Right. Okay. But you know, it's not. So. So, so the obvious question is this: This is not a recent turn of events. This is this setup in your media system has been around for decades, right? Whether or not it's 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 shifted to the left or not, the dominance of the media media cycle by an oligopoly has existed for at least two decades in overt terms, right? So if the Republicans aren't happy with that, why has none of them set up competing networks? Fox News was it. Fox what? News is the competing network. Right. Fox Why didn't News... Donald Trump set up a news network? It's not as easy as you might say it is. It's not as easy. Remember, most of the people with money, most of the people who are in communications with money are left are left leaning. You see, that that's the problem. So you have a guy like Elon Musk, who's neither left nor right leaning. And he's even admitted voted for Democrats every year until this past year. He, he took over Twitter. And so he takes over Twitter. And just a fair guy, not a left, not a right leaning guy, a fair guy takes over Twitter. And now we have all these revelations about what happened as the, when, when the left leaning company owned, owned them. Right. When they when the Democrat run company owned them. So it's like in, in, in a little bit here, a little bit there, you can do it. But the fact of the matter is that most of the people in communications, most of the people in the media, most of the big CEOs are left wing. There's not enough of them on the right. And there certainly are enough of them on the right who feels passionate enough to do something. It's a big undertaking. It's a very big undertaking. Remember, there was a time when there was no Fox and it was all left. It was all left wing nonsense. Now, the, the reason. But here's here. Here's the this goes to the brainwashing because of 90 percent of the media being owned by the left. Democrats and people on the left complain about Fox News because they believe that their news in other words, CNN, M they believe CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, all those, they're all neutral. They actually believe that. They actually believe they're all neutral, straight news channels that, 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 that talk about, that, that only, only expose the truth every day. And Fox News is this extreme white ring extremist lying network. This is what these people really believe. That's why, that's why they hate Fox News so much. 
They believe that all of their networks are truth tellers and Fox News is a liar. They used to call them, but they used to call them faux news, faux news, fake news. That's they. The left is the one that came up with fake news. That was for Fox News. They used to call it faux news, fake news, right? But all their stations are not left leaning or right leaning. They're fair and balanced. <laughs> you know, that's the problem. These people have been brainwashed into believing that stuff is fair, and what they're hearing all the time is not opinion. It's not political activism. It's one hundred percent. Truth. And when you turn on Fox, all you're hearing are right wing lies. That's what that's what the overwhelming majority of Democrats in this country believe, Gator. Isn't that frightening, though? Well, but but hang on, that doesn't really get to the heart of what I'm talking about, though. I see what you're saying, but I disagree with it, because if if you if if, if you if you if I had a moment as being a political strategist and it was a big picture job and, and I was saying, well, OK, so if you're saying that comms is a problem, right? I reject the idea that you can't set up a channel because let's face it, if a moron in a bedroom can now set up a channel, right, that, that's transmitted via infrastructure that he doesn't even own. So whether that's Rumble or Odyssey or Rockfin or something, right? Okay, for a start, you can cover that base for next to no money whatsoever, right? Yeah. And then you're really only interested in finding a presenter who's eloquent enough and does a bit of journalism and putting five of those in a row on one Rockfin channel for a start, right? That'd be super low-hanging fruit. Second thing is, you're telling me that amongst all the people who identify as Republican, including the power structure of Republicans who want to win, they can't donate $10,000 each or a million dollars each, depending upon their wealth, to start a, a, a competing broadcast platform. Here's the big part of it. Fox News prevents that in a lot of, in this way. The ratings are so high. They have such a, a they've cornered such a market, and it's just look. It's partly because I think they get some good people and there's some good work. Does that good work and hard work is part of this? But the other part is they've cornered the market just because there is no one else there. So they have yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You would just make one. No, you would just make they... one if it mattered, right? And if if you were thinking, I'm a Republican guy, I've got to take power, we need to expand comms, the, D the Democrats have got seven, eight, nine channels of news versus one, then mm. we have to have more than one, right? This is, uh, this is not complex stuff, right? The fact that it hasn't happened, Mike, tells you that it's not meant to happen, right? Tucker Carlson is allowed to say what he says by the biggest environment that is that is completely propagandistic tucker carlson is a paid contrarian right why because you make a lot of money if you're the only voice on the only channel saying the shit he says none of it's illegal none of it can be none of it's indictable is it right so he can go around saying it so everybody wants to hear the opposite to the eight of the channels goes and goes fox news and you've just said they now call well, the market the opposite, on those the, opposite opinion. Of, the opposite of propaganda is, is usually truth Right. I mean, that's well, why I said the opposite of propaganda. But, you, but so, one man's so, propaganda but, is another man's truth, right? Yes. Yeah, so and just because, yeah, I mean, but we could be living in a different universe twenty or thirty years from now. But right now, this Fox News is the place for this. And so, people like Tucker Carlson, I, I don't blame him for taking advantage of it. He's in the, look. There's something in this in this world called being at the right place at the right time, and and that's what the situation is for a lot of these people, including Tucker Carlson. Right place, right time. Now, it could be 20, 30 years from now, there are 35 Tucker Carlson's, and therefore it's – it's a look, I look at it as um, the podcast business. I, I, I kind of wish I had started this 10 years ago, 
because 10 years ago was when like it was just getting started right people were looking now everyone and their mother literally everyone and their mother does a podcast right you know every celebrity has at least a weekly or monthly podcast they do now you know the, the these people getting paid millions of dollars on television do podcasts on the side just for the hell of it or they make money off it whatever it may be often because they can talk more than they can in their limited time on television but it's like so it's like the right place at the right time so you try to be at the right place at the right time it's just not easy but there have been people like Tucker Carlson who've been able to do that. Now, I think there's another part of this. I think there's another part of this. I think we live in a country where people have just gotten so used to the left-wing propaganda. They've gotten so used to the, to, to the, to the, to the left-wing view, the Democratic view, that they automatically default to that. Now, Fox News gets the best ratings of all the networks. Once again, there are a few reasons for that. One is they work hard. They have some good people. I like Tucker Carlson. I like uh, Laura Ingram, Sean Hannity, eh, you know, but I like what they do. I like their format. I think they, they're well-programmed. There are some things I would do differently, but whatever. But and they also they also corner the market, right? Because MSNBC and CNN kind of have split the left-wing market, right? And, and uh, MSNBC has been able to get that niche of the, of, the, of the center-right people going to them, going to them. And so they have gotten the, be- the best ratings of all the networks. You know, so I think I think that is cornering the market's a big thing, and others. But there have been others that have tried and are doing okay. Like there's a there's a network called Newsmax, right? They they've they've gotten into the game, not as popular as Fox News because people are used to Fox News. Look at the left. Look at these other left wing alternatives, like the Young Turks. Now, now has been able to carve out a nice little niche, mostly younger audience on the internet. But he's but he's not he's not going to challenge MSNBC. He doesn't have the money or the power to challenge MSNBC, and most people are used to going to the TV and going to MSNBC. So it's a hard nut to crack. I, Gator, I don't think it's like, oh, it's, it's, it's not – there aren't more stations like Fox because they're not supposed to be. I really don't think that's it. I think most people go into it – like even, even Elon Musk, you go into it thinking, can I make this business model work? And if you're thinking, holy shit, Fox News has got this corner. There have been other networks that have tried to spur it up and have tried to challenge them, and they can't. Why should I waste money trying to do it? So I think it, because if the payoff, if the payoff is that you're working as a big Republican team to accept that nah. you may well make a make a loss yeah, uh, yeah, in order Gator, to win power, that, then I'm that's not, what you would do, wouldn't it? I would. If do you that, want to win power, it costs money. No, but come on, you know these people. These people are in for, they they want to make a profit, and they in order to, in order to exist, they have to make a profit. They have shareholders. And you can't. You. you it's, I don't think it's. I think you're the one kind of being a little naive now, right? A little. Yeah, I really do. I think you're being a little idealistic. Saying, oh, sure, just spend $35 billion, $50 billion, $100 billion on our network because that's what you believe and you want to help humanity. But it wouldn't even have to be that much, probably. Say again? Right? So, so GB uh, News, GB money. News what, what, is a, is a, is a, is a new startup billion. in the UK. Now, Twitter costs $45 billion. Yeah, but that's because, that's, because, that's because Elon Musk agreed to buy something that pre-existed. Yeah. Right? yeah and I he know, agreed but... that price and he regretted yes. the price. Right? Yep. It doesn't yep. mean to say that that's the price of a TV channel. From nothing. Channel costs a lot. It costs a lot to get the licenses and the and the, the the people that you have to pay to be on that. I mean, you can't. It's not. It, it's just not that easy. I've known people who have tried. I really do. I've known people who have actually tried to develop center right uh, news uh, TV cable news channels, and they've gone down in flames. 
it was just so expensive and they could not get the ratings or the advertisers needed to keep it up. You know, so it, it's just it's I don't think it's as easy as you say it is. I really don't. And the fact that okay. the fact of the matter is there would need to be we would need to have like 30 networks overnight in order to compete with what the left wing is doing now. You know, OK, people, so one thing I re- think. Remember, remember, Gator, Gator, one more thing. There are people who are watching MSNBC and especially CNN who watch it, Gator, because they think that's fair, real news. It doesn't matter what the person thinks. It's not about the bottom of the the stack. But they're not going to go anywhere else. No, it's not about... Look, Mike, what I'm talking about is not about being bottom-led by customers because media isn't bottom-led, right? It's forced into your face by people who have the money to tell you what to think because they close a loop on two things, your spending and your basically political belief. Once those two loops loops are closed, that drives profitability to some extent. But if you look at CNN and MSNBC, they've both lost 27, 34% of their viewership in about less than 18 months. CNN, two two head people have been banged up for pedophilia. Chris Cuomo's Hmm. bent as fuck. His brother's even more bent, right? Because it's not about it's not about the bottom of the pyramid of the viewers. It's about the top of the pyramid spending money on transmitting propaganda at people, right? And if you're saying that that is not something that the Republicans in general have the guts to do, it's not about their money. They've, they've got half the money in America, right? They have got the money, right? And they can, And if that gives them the power, right, because it clearly gives the Democrats power, supposedly, and they won't compete, then that then that either makes them fucking idiots or it makes the whole thing meant to be that way, right? Uh, in my opinion. Now, what I would suggest is also happening is that if you look at the low level of these fragments, um, there's, there's a problem and there's an outcome that I see. One of the problems with cancel culture shutdown and isolation of media voices that don't fit, you know, people being deplatformed and stuff like this, from mainstream, once they start becoming awkward, Let's take Glenn Greenwald. You know, he 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 went from being ultra mainstream to then the Intercept, yeah. um, and then he's now he's on Rumble, right, mm-hmm. doing his own thing, mm-hmm. right. What does that mean? Okay, so he's got what you could argue is the highest level of independence and integrity that he could mm-hmm. choose to have, right, provided yeah, he can survive. But he also has m- marginal access for because people who don't know him or people who don't check him don't know where he is anymore. He doesn't see it, his shit doesn't appear in the Intercept. It doesn't appear in the Guardian. It doesn't appear in the Times. So you have to go and find him. Now, times up by Katie Halper, Aaron Marte, and all these other people on the left, the grey zone. What you've got is a hugely fragmented collection of individuals or very small groups of journalists, whether they're left or right is irrelevant. They've all been fragmented now. Now, now this serves the purposes of the big mainstream machine because it makes the, the viewer have to work a lot harder to find any information and most people are too lazy. So there's loads of people who would be interested in, in these sources of journalism, but they don't know where to find them. Right now, now I've been suggesting to some of these people, why don't you create not a new newspaper that is actually a complete publication, but just an aggregator system, a portal that points a viewer at one URL 
and under that one URL, it links through to all of your individual stuff, but it presents like almost daily or weekly curation page. It looks a bit like a newspaper, right? So I don't have to go around telling people, oh, if you want to read this, go to the gray zone. And if you want to read that, here's Glenn Greenwald on Rumble now. And here's somebody else on this other thing. And here's somebody else on something. You know, you just go, go to the portal.org, right? And you will find a good spectrum of, 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 of independent, varied and credible um voices who are left and maybe right and 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 and, and some of the stuff you won't like but that's actually a good thing because why would you want to read a read a newspaper that didn't challenge you right you could do that and there are places that do that and now i've said this to before people don't know seem to know what zerohedge.com is well basically it started out as a libertarian financially orientated blog and it's kind of stuck around and all it does is it ha it, it aggregates loads of sources that it, and, and stories, whether that's mainstream or it's blogs. And it also has its own editorial bent. And sometimes it, it kind of runs its own editorial bent. And sometimes it just recreates other people's blogs and it always credits them. Now, I don't like everything in there, but it but it's, use, it's a very useful source of diverse views that I wouldn't normally go and find. All you do is you just copy that and you just fill up the pages with other stuff. Now, these are all easy things to do. And nobody's well barry weiss has just started this thing called the free press right yes, so she's kind of creating a, creating an equivalency somewhere semi-rightish isn't she right well so it can be done it can be done you don't have to make it a newspaper and in in in, in tolerate all the incumbent costs of a newspaper and also if you move to the broadcast transmission thing if you look at uh, news channels like redacted or um well the gray zone's got their own little channel right that, that what are they doing? They're basically transmitting on a free infrastructure basis on platforms that host for free, right? Using the minimal amount of equipment and basically putting out high high quality journalism, right? Mm -hmm. Now the right should just aggressively fund more of that. Then, if they don't want to go into the business of TV, go into the business of micro TV and just spend more on micro marketing to make sure that you penetrate um, through guerrilla means, social media, and all the rest of it. Um, the, the mind space of people who are looking for URLs to take them to to to, to alternatives to the shitty press that they put up with. All of these things are possible, and I'm sure that to some extent they're being done. But if it was a really big problem for the Republicans, they would be all over this in a way that is grotesquely aggressive. And if it isn't happening, I would say this. It's because it's not meant to happen, right? Because actually, the left and the right the, the reds and the blues like the system the way this is right and everything that you're engaged in or watching or commenting on or getting angry about are just these really fractional movements of the seesaw right that just make you think that there's something going on that's worth paying attention to when actually there isn't so if we go sorry to go on so long i'll finish in a second okay, keep going, go. <laughs> if if you go to your observations about these things that have happened because of the house um, McCarthy being held to ransom, right? Yeah. Now, on principle, although I don't know the details of everything of your system, I agree that those things sound like they they are good concessions to drag mm. out of the speaker, right? However, if you've pointed out that what's happened is they've brought it back to a rule about unseating the, the, the chair, so the, so the rule pre-existed, and even when it, even in the time that it did exist before Pelosi, nobody ever managed to actually unseat a chair. That rule 
is basically irrelevant. So it's a theatrical win, but in real terms, it means nothing, right? Because nobody's ever going to pull it off, because nobody ever has pulled it off. Then this other thing about voting on bills. Okay, I agree in principle that no legislation should be held, held up in a way that you've got a, 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 um, a bill that contains the most heinous war spending plus offset against the most generous free school meals for all right, children exactly. on the poverty line, in there. Right? You put two things in there that should not be in the same bill. Obviously. Of course, right? right? Now, because you've had that up until now, that means that when you look at a politician's voting record, you can't actually tell what the fuck they were voting for or why without knowing what they was in the bill and then knowing exactly why they voted for it. Because obviously the bill could be chock full of all sorts of stuff and they were going, well, I had to go for school meals. So in order to do that, I had to right. sign off the war in Yemen, right? right. Or sign off the war in Yemen. So it corrupts do... all of that, right? right. So, or, but it's or, by or design. Yeah. All the other right? way around, yeah. yeah. Now, now, only 20 people in the House got these changes through. Not the majority of the House, not the majority of the public Republicans. That means that almost all of the Republicans and all, all of the Democrats like the system. No, right? no, 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 no. I have to argue with that. It doesn't necessarily mean that those other those 200 Republicans like the system. Not at all. It means those 200 Republicans didn't want to hold up voting on the Speaker of the House for that. It doesn't mean they wouldn't want to get to that later or agree on that later. They just felt that the time for that negotiation was either later or earlier before that moment uh, on July third on, on, on January third. That's it. It doesn't necessarily mean they're against that stuff because a lot of them are voting for a lot of that stuff now with the House rules change. So okay, but why? It, yeah, but, yeah. But, but, but why okay. then? But why then has your system exi existed up to this point by design in this in this obviously awful corrupt way, right? Because most of the people in the House don't give a shit. They want it that way. And only suddenly when 20 people decided we're going to exploit a situation that we can, we can exploit, and they exploited it. Yeah, but also remember this, remember this, Gator. I, I understand what you're saying. I get it. But remember this. There's also a lot of those 200 people who knew that there were other people who were going to carry the water for them. Therefore, they didn't have to do it themselves, right? You knew there was enough people there that was going to hold this up to get these things through. So you could be on the side of Kevin McCarthy, on the side of let's just getting this over with, while deep down you were on the side. You see what I'm saying? You knew there was enough people there to get the job done anyway. So once again, we can't – you can't look at those 200 people that were going to vote for McCarthy on, on the first round and say, oh, they, they're fine with the status quo. I, I don't think that's a fair – I don't think that's a totally fair assessment. Well, they must have been because they've been persisting the status quo for decades. Some of them have and some of them haven't. Some of them are new. Some of them were just elected. So it's, it's not it's not necessarily the case. Yes. Oh, I, I would not argue. I would not argue that this, maybe even the majority of Congress is fine with the status quo. Look, the majority of Congress wants doesn't want term limits. Why, why would they want term limits? Right. Why would they want term limits? And once you're in Congress, it's almost impossible to get kicked out and you could spend three decades there like Nancy Pelosi. Right. Yeah. Like like Nancy Pelosi herself. Why would she want that system, even though it never really led to the speaker being kicked out anyway of having one person say they could call a vote or get the system going she'd rather have it switch to the majority to make it tougher to kick out to kick her, kick her to kick her ass out or to kick out the person in power as a speaker of the house so she changed that rule by herself dictator so it's 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 basically 
a lot of this, they, they want to protect their own asses, right? A lot of them just want to simply protect their own asses, make as much money as possible, stay in that cushy position for as long as possible, where they get half the year off, and they don't really care about changing those rules. But you know what? I think, look, let's talk, I want, I want to get to Daniel in a second, but let's, mm-hmm. talk, let's talk progress on two counts. I'm going to be the optimist here, believe it or not. <laughs> Let's talk progress on two counts, that we finally had these 20, 25 people that we haven't had in 100 years, right, who did this. That, that's some progress right there. But also the progress that I do think the center-right people are making progress on getting more media outlets, such as podcasts, such as these Newsmax news agencies, such as Reddit, such as, you know, you know Truth Social and, and Getter and all these other places that their people are going. They're leaving YouTube and they're going to these other places. And I think it's building up. I think it just takes time, man. I mean, the left has had such a monopoly on the on, on, on the news media for so long with so much power and money behind them. That's just going to take a while to whittle away at this. But I think, you know, they have the major networks. They have the major three, ABC, CBS, NBC, and they're not losing them. So it's, it's I think it's a it's a big force to go up against because the left has such as give the left credit. You say the right, you say the Republicans know it's a problem, but they don't want to do anything about it because it's the way it's supposed to be. But I say give the left credit for taking years and years and decades in building these news conglomerates that they can use to get their policy through and their politicians through. They've done a really good job with that. I am far more cynical than this. I believe that basically once people enter the higher level of politics, that they understand a game that is nothing to do with citizens, right? That is not about the citizens' benefit and the citizens' outcome. It is about once you acquire a position of power and wealth and the ability to understand how to use those two things, you protect that position for yourself first because and you you become incumbent and you learn the system as it is so that you can game the system as it is, which is what all people in politics do before they do anything right by any citizen standard. And I believe that it is the gross mistake of any citizen to believe that politicians think about the world in the way that citizens do. They clearly don't, because if they did, then more more citizens would become politicians or try to every year or more things would be passed under legislation in any country that actually benefited citizens. No, no legislation that passes in your country or mine that I'm aware of that gets publicised is of a benefit to citizens on a net basis because that's not how power and wealth works. And when, it, when I look at that and then I look at the obvious thing, these obvious arguments about, well, why, why, why are Republicans struggling to get into power? Hang on, you just had four years under Donald Trump where you were watching the, the, the deep state constructs of all of the, all of the state organs battling against him, rejecting his, his draft picks, right, so that he didn't actually have full authoritarian authority power over things that he wanted, right, supposedly. And in those four years, the Republicans couldn't see that shit, even with, a, even with this radical... Um, president we're getting nothing we're actually not achieving anything right and you know that was allowed to be tolerated that was the way america was right and the and the republicans couldn't pull the thumb out of their ass even under those conditions when they're watching false indictments and all the rest of it i'm, I'm telling you mike 
I don't believe that people are that stupid who've been incumbents in power and wealth for so long that they can't manage to gain to shift advantage in a system quickly. And it's not like they don't have enough money and it's not like they don't have enough brain power. They do. The system is meant to be like this. Right. The system is designed to be like this. And this is why ultimately what my first point is. You talk the talking points about the superficiality of the system are the exact trap everybody should avoid. The one thing you should do is stop looking at the surface. You need to look at what's at the bottom of the pool because oh, that's where the cock lives. I don't just look at the surface. You know that. I go into I go into detail. I dig deep. I don't just look at the surface and everything. I just I can't. I don't know where I can go with that thought of there's there's more beneath. What lies beneath? I mean, you can, but you can say, you, you can really say that about anything. You can say, well, it's not what we think is this. It's, it, you know, and I don't, I, I know you like to do that. And I like hearing you do it and you, you do it in a very interesting way. But I think at some point I have to just say, you know what? It's people, most people, most Americans are looking at it from a very surface, superficial level. Yeah. So I can give you are, one. They are, right. They are, they are being brainwashed. Yeah. Okay. But I can it, give you one thing that you could do that would be very different. Every time a bill is going through the house, take some time to scan that bill and try to find something bizarre in it and then tell people what you found, because that is the one thing that is what is at the bottom of the pool. The crock at the bottom of the pool is the bill and no fucker ever reads it. And it's only when when you show people, do you realize that the NDAA basically says this and you go, what the fuck? That doesn't make any sense. That's what people need to know. And once they realise that that's the where that's what, where the crocodile is, they they will start to see the the invert. They will start to invert the system in their heads, right? But it takes time to get through to people. If you start looking at legislation, you will see the insanity of the systems in which we live. And that's what really people need to know. Gator, as always, thank you. No worries, mate. It. Take it easy. Okay, and that's what I have Gator for. I mean, I need Gator, right? You're not seeing, you're not, you're not, you're not seeing what's really there, Mike. You're not seeing what's, what's really there. But I, I really do think that this has been a long time in the making. I mean, look how long the major networks have been around: ABC, CBS, NBC. They, and they've always been left wing, right? There was always the argument that the the, the media is left leaning. It's got, but it's just gotten worse. And I think they've just spent a lot of time and effort into building up this empire. And so when you have this evil empire, it takes a long time to combat it. It takes a long time. You know, there was a time when there wasn't even Fox News. Then there was Fox News, and they get the highest ratings. They get the highest ratings, right? I mean, they get basically, I think, Fox in this latest ratings package that came out, I mean, obliterating CNN. Like I said, CNN was like below like the History Channel or the Food Network or Discovery Channel. And MSNBC had the half, half the rate, about half the ratings, 50%. Of what Fox had. So Fox does dominate as far as all the networks go. But when you can, when you put all the ratings from all of the left wing networks together, they squash Fox News and, and right wing 12th radio. When you add up CBS, NBC, PBS, CNN, MSN, I, there's no way Fox News is going to be able to overcome all of that. But they do. They've done a good job of carving out their their little niche and they've kept it going it's they have not in fact they've only improved they have not dropped off which is a which is a good sign you know i, I just think it's gonna uh, yeah follow the money i know bill but you know i think it's gonna take a long 
to break into that and, and to uh, defeat it. Hey, Daniel, what's up? Hey, Mike. Um, I want to pick up on uh, some of what Gator was talking about. Um, um, he, he was making a few points, but um, it seemed like his underlying thesis, his main point that I, that I appreciate, uh, was that um, the left seems to have control of the media and, and, and seems, I'm, I'm kind of using Gator's language there, seems to have control of the media. Um, I'm paraphrasing Gator, let's say that. Um, but the right is doing nothing about it, so they must like it. That seems to be Gator's thesis. Um, m- maybe so, but here's here's something as a counterbalance that I, that I would suggest uh, um, for the reason why the right is, is not doing much or is slow to do something about it. And that is because um, the media is one way of influencing people. Um, through, through television and radio, and that's been around since, you know, I was a kid. And But there's something else that's been around since I was a kid, and that is religion and churches. And it was the right, that was the right's domain of influence for as long as, as I can remember was through the churches. And it peaked, um, especially in the 70s and through the 90s, um, the, the influence of the right through, through the churches, and this is how they got their word out about, about um, uh, their politics, was through churches. And um, this is where they exerted much of their, their political um, influence uh, on the people um, and, and tried to, and, and, the, um, and the flow of, of influence went in both directions, that is, from politicians to churches and from the uh, churchgoers through, through the church to the um, politicians. So that there was that network there. Um, that was a two-way network in a lot of ways, as opposed to the media, which is pretty much a, a one-way network. Um, so they, so the um, right for a long time has had a balancing power to, to the fourth estate, and that was religion. And so for a long time, they probably just didn't think that they needed that, needed to control much of the media. But as... So, so in the in the in the seventies or so, um, the church attendance was a bit above seventy uh, percent. Um, and uh, now, and it started falling off rather precipitously in, in around year two thousand. Now it's reached below fifty percent for the first time. Right. Yeah. Well, coincidentally, since two thousand, the um, right has been building up its presence in the media with with Fox, etc. As as a balancing, and I'm 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 asserting that that was that reason for doing that was as a balancing force against their loss of religious influence as church attendance dropped about twenty percent. I'm sorry, so that yes, absolutely. Yeah. So so that they had that they had their sphere of influence, just like the left had their sphere of influence. They were in two different spheres that um, didn't overlap much. And um, and they were gonna, they were going to go, and that's where they were going to um, uh, devote their resources was through their sphere of influence in in churches. That has fallen off. Church attendance has fallen off twenty percent over the last fifty years, and uh, the right has responded by increasing its media presence. Not to the extent that the left has, because they still have influence through the churches. Um, and if uh, churches were to go away entirely, uh, you can bet your bottom dollar that the right would be spending just as much and 
they would have uh, not only um, the media, can, uh, half of it controlled by the right, the, uh, you'd have universities, half of which were controlled by the right as well. Now, it takes time to build these things up, whether it's media or whether it's a university system. It takes time to build these things up. So there's going to be a lag in the response, and they are responding, it seems, to, their, uh, to the d- decrease in uh, church going. Yeah, no, absolutely. No doubt about it. Absolutely. They've talked about that decrease in church going. Yeah. They talked about that a lot. They, and talk also- about it, they talk about it frequently, and here's the reason why. It's because it's a avenue, it's a um, conduit of influence in both directions. And, and that's, act, that's actually a strength for, for the Republican Party because that conduit of influence does flow in both directions. One of the weaknesses on the left of, 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 of the mainstream media being so left-wing is that uh, the um, conduit of influence doesn't flow in one direction. It's top-down only. Uh, right. It, and also, what also hurt also church going was the COVID and the lockdowns. Yes, and, definitely. And, and, and that, and also, you know, this, the brainwashing of people believing they're going to. Oh, you know, 100%. Yeah. And that was, I mean, 15 days to flatten the curve, which turned into over a year or more, um, wasn't just about, um, it, it, it was principally it, it, um, designed, I think, to flatten the communication. Um, and that is, and targeting churches was no accident. No, of course, I'm sure. Well, even if it was an accident, because they, I mean, they, they closed everything down. They were certainly happy about it. They were probably I'm sure behind the scenes, they were laughing about the fact that they closed the churches and how that helped them um, because these people weren't able to congregate. Um, uh, so, it, but the, once again, the, the, the courts did knock, you know, uh, they did knock Newsom's dick in the dirt on that one. You know, on the on the church lockdowns um, being unconstitutional. So, you know, uh, look, the fact of the matter is that the the spreading of 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 propaganda, right, of lies um, has gotten to the point now where where the left has had so much power, so much influence, so much of a loud voice of a loud bully pulpit. And people just reflectively go there and don't believe it's brainwashing, right? I mean, that's that's what brainwashing is. You don't know you're being brainwashed. If you knew you were being brainwashed, you'd fight against it. But they, they just simply believe at this point that what they're seeing on these chosen networks, whatever network they, they choose, and, and most of them choose all of them. I mean, most people on the left watch all of them. They watch MSNBC. They watch CNN, ABC. They just don't watch Fox. They watch everything but Fox. And they truly believe and because, as I've spoken about before, and Glenn Greenwald speaks about this, they all repeat the same lies yeah. in, in very disciplined, in a very disciplined way. In, in the top, in that top Right. Down. So people don't just see it on MSNBC and they don't see it on ABC. They see it on The View. They see it on Anderson Cooper. They see it on Lawrence O'Donnell. They see it on Don Lemon. They see it on a whole host of on, – on, on Good Morning America. They see it on oh, – so after this is a total brainwashing campaign where you can't just say that person's lying. They're going to say, what are you talking about? Everything I watched is saying it. This is – it's coordinated, as Glenn Greenwald just said about a month ago. It's just all coordinated. Just like they spread lies, they'll avoid stories like the Twitter files. They just all agree not to cover it. And therefore, it becomes nothing, right? Of course. Yep. Yes. It, that's the top-down management of the message right. and, and how the media works for it the takes, left. It takes great discipline. And yes. they have been and, able to do it. 
Yep. And, and they give a false appearance to the rest of the country that um, they have no hope in getting their message out. But the right, I, I'm not a theist, by the way, so 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 I don't, um, 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 the, the religion is a big thing to me, but I understand, but I understand it. Um, yeah, having uh, well, yes, me too. I, I, I'm, I'm and, not a theist, but I understand it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's, but the, but the, the the right so so you you have this sense on the left that ah we control all the media and uh, and uh, you know it's it's uh, ours is the world the world is ours to do with that we want on the right they just laugh at that I mean I don't know, know how many how many people you've known in in, in how many religious communities that you've been um, integrated into I've been integrated into in into a number in different different ways but. And they're mostly, mostly, you know, much, much more right leaning than than the general population. They 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 laugh at the mainstream media. I mean, they they. they I mean, everyone else thinks, oh, the mainstream media is controlling the world. The right saying, heck, it's not controlling us. They no. they have their own network, and it's this religious network. And they go to the big Baptist conventions every year, and the big you know Methodist conventions every year, and the Methodists talk to the Baptists, and they talk to the Catholics, and and you know it's their own underground communication sense system in a in a sense that underground um, with respect to uh, modern com communication systems, and the the world can appear as though it's controlled by the left via the media, but there is this entirely different form of communication, which is religion, which is churches, and it, it, is, it seems underground to us that are not involved in, in religion that much, but it is there and it's present and it functions very well. It's been falling off over, over the last 50 years um, by, by about 20% or more, um, but it still exists. And now, like I said before, you know, I don't want to keep repeating it. That they're 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 building a counterweight. They're they're building some of their own media. Um, I don't I don't feel like I have a a a, um, a, a dog in either one one of those fights um, when when it comes to controlling the the message. I, I, my 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 dog is the truth. Um, I know a lot of people say that, but uh, th that's something that I really adhere to a lot. And when I saw my party, the Democrats, um, throw the church, throw the truth under the bus for the sake, with respect to COVID, for the sake of getting Trump, that was it for me. So that's yeah, well, that's my testimony testimony hey, to look, how much I am devoted to the truth. Have you um, seen these? Have you seen these? Uh, on not really a side note. This goes into the idea of alternative media, like like call in is alternative media. Have you seen these little? Circles people do where they put their photo in the middle and then they put their circle on the outside of photos. So they put their inner circle of like on Twitter, they'll put like the, the accounts of the people like their inner circle followed by the circle outside. It's like three different circles. Have you seen these things? Nah, but then I didn't even see the blue check. <laughs> okay, well, Elon Musk put up his circle, like his circle of followers or, you know, basically his circle of people he follows on Twitter who are big on Twitter for him. And uh, by the way, in his inner circle, which just represents one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight accounts, right next to his face is David Sachs. Oh, really? David Sachs is part of Elon Musk's Twitter inner circle. David oh. Sachs, the owner of this network, call in. Oh. What this says, I have no idea. But that's interesting. <laughs> that is, that's David well, that, Sachs. It, I know what it says. I know what it says. When David Sachs 
gives you his backing and your your own you know production money for for a big show um you'll be able to meet Elon I think I'm probably the only person I, I don't know for sure I shouldn't I'm gonna, I'll, I'll just assume I'm the only person in San Francisco on call-in who does a show on regular show on call-in and yet David Sachs is in San Francisco Elon Musk is now in San Francisco doesn't it make sense yeah, I think makes I think sense. I think. They would it makes sense that it what what doesn't make sense is they haven't already called up Mike Katopoli and said, "Hey, I'm going to check. Hold on. <laughs> Go ahead. Said said what? What do you think they should say? <laughs> I'm looking. I'm not. I, I haven't made oh, shit. I haven't made Elon Musk circle. Uh, okay. Well, well, just give it. Get, just give it time, buddy. Bill Malugin is in there, and I'm not. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I guess you have to have, maybe you have to have good hair. No, Bill does a good job from the border. He does. <laughs> Daniel, yeah. thanks for the call. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Right. Okay. Bill's up next. <laughs> yeah, he is. Absolutely. Uh, who's up next? Oh, how, how are you doing? Hey, how are you? Can you hear me okay? Pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Not bad. All right. Well, I'm going to take a little different tack. You know, my angle is follow the money. Who's invested where and who's supported by whom? And I think we will have our answers as to what bills get passed and what bills don't, what committees actually get accomplished and what they don't, and why we're in the terrible mess we're in, frankly. Um, as far as the jockeying from, you know, day to day, month to month, uh, who's posturing in what way, whether they're doing it to gain committee uh, dollars, you know, for example, Mama Bear, you know what I mean? There, there's all kinds of, let's put it, what, what's that saying about politics being one of the dirtiest <laughs> vocations in the world? I remember hearing that a long time ago. Um, oh, it was, uh, wasn't it Truman who said, show me a po politician who gets rich, I'll show you a crook or something like that. Who? So, wasn't it, was it Truman, President Truman? I'm trying to remember who said it. One of the presidents said, show me a politician who gets rich and I'll show you a crook. Oh, yeah, I think uh, so. I, I think it was Truman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, we can see Mitch McConnell was, did not have much at all going for him as far as finances when he got into Congress. Now, you look at the stock portfolios and their net worth and any of the long timers, it's not on $180,000 a year because they yeah. got major expenses staying in two places. Washington. Harry, Harry Truman said, show me a man that gets rich by being a politician and I'll show you a crook, just as you said. Thank you. Yeah. Harry S. Truman. Yes. Absolutely. There we go. Yeah. So too bad we, we don't see people calling out today. All you got to do is look at the cabinets of each, whether it's Obama's cabinet, which remember the, uh, wasn't it the emails, the FOIAs that revealed that it was Chase Morgan who basically named all his cabinet members. Remember hope and change. Yeah, it's the banksters. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, you know, frankly, you look at Trump, you got to look at Steve Mnuchin out of California. Where was that one West? He was with one West bank. He had a horrible reputation with automatic foreclosures known as a foreclosure king. That was his nickname when I was out in California. And actually, I have a personal story I can tell when you have more time on IndyMac, which was bought by One West, on a, had, was a server for a loan on a fire distress, distress property and how that HAMP modification worked out and uh, what I had to do to get the, them to be, uh, do the right thing. Um, and that was uh, IndyMac, which was bought out by One West. I fought that for several years. Um, and that was Mnuchin. Um, on a property in, in uh, 
called the Lazy Tea Ranch I had with my ex in Escondido. But um, so when we see then him appointed as Treasury Secretary, we see this boom bust cycle, by the way. It happens, you know, whether we go back to the, you know, big, big tech boom bust and then the housing boom bust and the auto industry. And then we had the CARES. We, we know this was all manufactured, this whole cycle once again regarding the pandemic. And I'll call it out for what it is because they knew, like I pointed out, that zinc and zinc ionophores and vitamin D3 and, um, you know, basic fundamental nutrients that are devoid in our chemically grown food would boost the immune system. And and the first year of the pandemic, the death rate didn't rise much. It was a small percentage. Do you follow me? When did the death rate rise? Once the injection started, right? We saw those reports, uh, the life insurance uh, actuary tables skyrocket, right? Remember Liberty, was it Liberty? There's a couple of major life insurance companies that, where they, their payouts went out. One life insurance company for working age men from 62 to 18, their payouts went up 40% during the vaccine, not prior to the vaccine year. Do you yes. do we call those reports, Mike? There yes. was another one. Yes. Liberty said they went up 163% last right. report I saw. Right. That's, that's, oh my God, that's so. You could say some of that's from suicide, percentage of it, sure, from overdose, a percentage of it from other things, but, but, uh, and no other vaccine rollout have we seen that kind of increase, plus we've never seen the lockdowns that crushed, what, 63% of small businesses. So I, including the spoken wheel, remember I was telling you about my father's, my own personal, in my life. I'm, so I'm just one example, you know, like you said, we, if more people would call and say, hey, this is what happened to, my family business. Here's what happened to my friends during a pandemic or my you know, relatives or health wise. I think there's a lot of people who would like to speak out that don't get a voice. They got kicked up. There were Facebook groups that I was, I used to belong to regarding coronavirus and the vaccines and boy, the Facebook shut those down. That's another scandal that needs to be brought out. Did you know that? Oh, well, Facebook shut down a lot. I mean, once again, we focused a lot on the Twitter files because yeah. Elon Musk didn't buy Facebook, and 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 and, and uh, Zuckerberg's obviously not going to come clean. No, um, but but although Zuckerberg did admit the FBI came to him and said, "Watch out for the Hunter yeah. thing," but but yeah, of course this stuff happened. But Bill, it didn't just happen on Twitter. It happened on Facebook. It happened on YouTube. Yep. It happened on it happens on Google with search engines. Yep. It happened. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's so it's so. Um, it's 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 huge. The conspiracy is huge. Yes, it's huge. it really is. Right, both sides of the aisle, and unfortunately, yeah. you know, to be honest, um, Trump's not innocent in this, in my opinion. You know, the people he chose for his cabinet, also um, he chose to roll with, and where he's still out. And listen, I think anyone by now, I'm no expert, but you and I both can see what's going on, and I think Trump has a major obligation to say he was duped if he wants, however he wants to frame it and insist people stay away from these RNA platforms because did you hear, I, she's not with us tonight, but Marie, was it Maria, that poor woman? She didn't connect the dots. She was talking about, she had a stress induced heart attack and then she was sick again after getting all the shots and all the boosters. Do you remember her? Uh, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah. And I was no, like, no, no, she, she, I, but Maria had said from what I remember, 
she had said that the vaccine obviously didn't stop her from from getting sick and and i think she was trying to maybe infer that it stopped her from dying but there's no obviously that's ridiculous because there's no proof of that i mean there's no there's no evidence of that that the vaccine stops people from getting the dying of getting really sick it's, it's silly it's just there's no proof the vaccine has done anything other than cause people to lose their jobs you know not be able to support their families um uh not be able to uh associate with other people not be able to see mm-hmm. their relatives for years not be able to go to hospitals see their loved ones not be able to go to funeral it's, it's just look the fact of the matter is the evidence we have all the evidence we have shows the vaccines have uh, been shit there's, well, you know, you're right. I mean, but, but once again, people can mm-hmm. people can justify in their mind that I'm glad I got the just like the Democrats do whenever they get the, whenever they get COVID for the seventh time and they go on Twitter and they say I've gotten COVID for the seventy fifth time. Thank God for the vaccines. It's like it's like this mantra they have just convinced themselves that the well I say the politicians have a different uh, you know a, a, a different mo and that's because you know they want the big farmer to make money. But people have just convinced themselves that it was good they got the vaccine. In other words, if they're alive today, it's because of the vaccine. That's what they have convinced themselves of. Yeah, that's been the mantra that they've been droned with through Big Pharma, uh, sponsored by Pfizer. You know, we keep hearing that. But I think we have to also add Joseph Ladipo. Kudos to him and Ron uh, DeSantis and um, Ron Johnson out of Wisconsin for having their roundtable hearings and pointing out the fact that the vaccine did cause a major spike in myocarditis, pericarditis, and um, that that has been reported on on working age men. Um, I actually, for men from 40 to 18, the statistics played out where it, the vaccine uh, increased dramatically their risk of myocarditis, pericarditis, the latest studies, in relative to coronavirus itself. So it's not a win. And there was a vaccine journal, best of my recollection, vaccine journal peer-reviewed the Brighton Collaboration, which is actually approved by the World Health Organization, the Brighton Collaboration. And their studies show that um, same as Joseph Latipo came up with in Florida based on his statistics. So we know that Ron Johnson now... um, I'm sorry, Ron Johnson, and um, uh, I'm having a senior moment. Right, I'm very tired. I woke up. It's like three something in the morning here. No, Major we changed. We changed, we, we changed that now. We're having a Biden moment. Everybody. I'm sorry, brother. We changed the saying now. It's called having a Biden moment. Not oh, I'm having a Biden moment. <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> it's it's a foggy early morning, you know, and yeah. uh, um, at the East Coast here. But um, Ron DeSantis is now going to have an intelligence committee to thwart a vaccine propaganda coming from none other than the NIH, NIAID, yeah, <laughs> NIAID, right. you know, yeah. uh, World Health Organization. He said, we're going to tell the globalists, not here, you know, not here. So good for him. And I hope that spreads. But what I was alluding to, I, 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 you know, I've talked to Marie Person a couple of times. Her thing is she was involved with vaccine trials in the past and she's pro vaccine. And I was like, yeah, but 
they withheld the vaccine trial results from us. They want, they wanted, first it was going to be 55 years, then they fought in court for 75 years. They well, lost. I think, I think, I think yeah. Maria, I think Maria and others, not just Maria, we shouldn't pick on Maria. She's not here. No, no. But I think Maria and others b- believe that mRNA thing is, is great. You know, they, yes, they, they do. And Maria was, was really talking about the, how she excited she was right. about the mRNA. So I think it's kind of misguided. And I think Daniel had actually, had actually uh, corrected her on that too. But it's, it's just, yeah. look, people will, once again, there's this general idea that this should, once again, people could not admit they were hoodwinked. Who would want to admit this? First of all, number one, you don't want to admit you're hoodwinked into doing all this for three years. And two, you certainly don't want to even entertain the thought that what you did uh, could harm you. You know, so uh, that would be what, what you were forced to do, <laughs> you know, can harm you. You don't you don't want to entertain that thought. So you'd want to believe what you want to believe, which is that if you got the vaccine, you're still alive, especially if you got COVID at some point, maybe five or six times and you're still alive. It's because the vaccine had kept you alive. And without that vaccine, you would have died. And of course, we know that's total bullshit. There's no evidence. There are no facts that can back up that kind of that kind of thinking. But. In fact, just the opposite. We've seen more people with the vaccines getting it, more people with the vaccines and right. dying of it and getting bad COVID. And so it's, it's, it's but once again, I think right now you're going to find very few people from this point on who change their thought process, Bill. I wish we did. I wish we had enough. people in the millions waking up and going. I wish at one moment ever million, millions of people would wake up and go, oh, we have discovered, we have realized, we have we've seen the light. It's not going to happen because they don't want it to happen. They don't want it to happen. Well, I think you make a couple of good points. I'd like to just uh, affirm. Um, well, but Bill, I, before you do, it's like, it's like the vaccines. And we're seeing, you know, young people dropping dead at record numbers. We're seeing stories it. every day about people in their teens and 20s and 30s and athletes <sighs> are collapsing in, on, on, on football fields and soccer fields uh, in, in much higher numbers than we have seen pre-vaccine. And they don't want to entertain for, the, for, for a moment tomorrow. I'll get into it tomorrow. This is getting late, but the Babylon Bee wrote a very funny article about this, about the the uh, increased uh, mortality rate and increased number of young athletic people dropping dead. The Babylon Bee did a very, 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 very funny piece about that. But that's but that's part of it. They don't want to even entertain. These people don't want to entertain for a moment that the vaccine. And it's not just it's not just the legacy media. It's not just the the the, the left wing media. You you don't hear this being talked about. Uh, on radio. You don't hear this being talked about on Fox News. They don't want to entertain that the vaccine... They have no problem entertaining that the vaccine wasn't very effective. They've gotten past that, but look how long it took them to get there. But they don't, they, they're not at the point yet where they want to entertain that the vaccine wasn't safe and is harmful. They, there, they don't want to go yet. They don't want to go there. Well, I agree. There's a lot of liability reasons for that. Obviously, that's why they tried to well, get it on the vaccine scheduled for permanent indemnity, the lawsuits to get it on the kids down to six months, which is unbelievable when you look at the side effects, the, the risk benefit ratio, uh, even according to the reports I cited in Joseph Ladipo don't work for, for men 40 to 18, but that's stated they needed to do more studies to examine the other age cohorts. But if it's look at that's a healthy young man. If it's not working for them, I can't imagine it working for anybody, um, especially since, of course, there's always the alternatives, the, the things that God gave us that are in our 
that we can acquire uh, through the natural sources of herbs and and vitamins and minerals and things of that nature. But I also wanted to say, if I can, you know, part of the big drop-off on the Catholic Church is their own sexual abuse mishandling and ongoing mishandling of the sexual abuse scandal. This is what's really hurting the church. And, the you know, it, it's... It's been pretty suppressed in the legacy media. Yeah, really it's interesting. It's an interesting take on the downfall of the church. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, consider this. French actually did a full report. The, um, the French report came out and uh, it found 300,000 kids abused since 1950. Now, we have five times the population of France. Now, I'm not saying the numbers run exactly. I will tell you the canon laws and the modus operandi is developed where? At the Vatican, not New York, not Cardinal Dolan or Egan. Do you follow me? Mm -hmm. Started in the Vatican. That's where their policies, their canon laws, their modus operandi is developed. What the numbers are here, we'll never know. I can tell you my own personal experience dealing with Letitia James's office when I made my reports and she got corroborating evidence. Um, the experience I had, the priest uh, harming other young men, that investigator Doyle told me directly, he said, Mr. Bonatati, it took us three and a half months to get back to you because we've been so overwhelmed with calls. Three and a half months. Now, Letitia did sue the Buffalo Diocese, Bishop Malone, for failure to protect children. I don't think she sued the Brooklyn Diocese, though, which is that she was put in a double bind real quick when the secretary for Bishop Malone in Buffalo came out. She had made photocopies of documents in two boxes in the closet, and she went to 60 Minutes. And there was a big expose on 60 Minutes of Bishop Malone, which caused him to retire. So Letitia was forced at that point. She had to make a move there. But she's the only attorney general, Mike, in this whole country that we've seen that kind of legal action on any diocese. Didn't happen in Connecticut. And this is where I am now. And mm -hmm. so about the juxtapose uh, scenario. But the point I'm trying to make is that this is what's harming the church first and foremost, uh, their inability to deal with this in a way. They want to pay off, get it to go away, oppress, repress, suppress. You got to take your gag order to get, you know, and which I rejected. So I'm still talking about it. Well, if for a long time we saw... The, the, the Catholic Church, simply the Vatican, simply move a priest from one place to another. That's right? exactly right. Yeah. Now, that kind yeah. of change under the new, the latest guy, the new guy, um, I think he's taking a little more of a hardline stand on, you know, on the whole thing. Uh, oh, you mean of, uh, Pope Francis? Yeah, but some of them have been canned totally under him. Well, uh, there's, there's a lot of... Um... Their, their whistleblowers, Archbishop Carlos of Vegano, Vegano, and he came out and frankly said every cardinal on the cardinal's committee, bishops on the bishop's committee, and the pope should resign. They all knew. There's a McCarrick report they used to smear him. Obviously, this has been a big part of my life because I've been fighting for for victims um, in my way. And uh, um, the, the the sad news is when when Pope Francis was bishop of Argentina, his name family name is Bergoglio. He 
covered up the sexual abuse of orphans in the Provolo Institute in Italy, and they were moved to Argentina, the same priests, they moved them around, as you said, and they abused more uh, blind kids. And you can find that online. That's not everything I say you can source or I could put in the live chat. Um, and this is our Pope today. And so this is a practice they've been doing. They, they, there's, oh, well. Anyway, I could talk for hours about it, and I know there's other things, but this is what's harming the church. They need to get this. They need to be completely transparent about it. They're not. And basically, Cardinal McCarrick, the first Cardinal to frock in 500 years, was a Fordham alumni. There's a big scandal if you look at Fordham priest abuse, where I went my first year, and, and that's all over Fordham. Uh, 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 own, they have their own panel to deal with this. Um, so anyway, um, no, the, 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 I, I've been talking about that much. The Catholic Church thing, and obviously the, the pedophile priest. I, I, but I, I think uh, one thing I don't want to get. I'm going to wrap the show up here, but sure. I don't want to get too much into it. But no, I, I know. Big, I think a big part of that problem with the Catholic Church is they don't let their priests. They don't let. They don't let their pastors fuck. I, I, I don't. I don't mean to feel crass about it, but they don't let them have. Real I, lives. They don't let them have actually, real lives like all other. All you know, all these other uh, uh, churches do. You know, yeah, well, to validate that, there's a passage in Timothy, I'd have to look it up, where Paul is saying there'll be a strange religion where men will ask to be celibate. That's yeah. what Paul is saying. It says in Timothy. I'm sorry, go ahead. If something you know worked in 1850, doesn't mean this is 2023 now. They, they need to right. really, that's the one thing they really need. I think that would really alleviate a lot of it if they let them have normal lives. If they let them have normal lives, they wouldn't have to. Look, this is like the priests going after these young kids, they're the altar boys, they're the ones they're around all the time, and they're easy prey in Catholic schools and stuff. It's, 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 it's a, you know, it's akin to when you're in prison, when a straight male is in prison that's for 40 right. years and they have no women, they often end up doing things with men. doesn't mean they're gay, but that's the only mm-hmm. outlet they have while they're in prison for four decades. So they, they do it. So that's what happens, you know, and, and it's the same thing. It's like this oppression where they're not allowed to have a normal life. They're not allowed to have a normal sex life. They're not allowed to be real men. That's the problem. I think I think it all stems from that. That's why it's such a huge problem with the Catholic Church and not so much of an issue with other churches. Don't you agree? I mean, it's the Catholic Church that has this problem. Yeah, you also have a problem in the Mormon Church, a lot of evangelical churches as well. Um, to, to validate what you're saying, um, one more Bible passage where, um, in, again, and I believe it's Timothy where Paul is saying that uh, uh, bishops or elders are meant to have one wife because, of course, polygamy was popular back in those times. Remember, the Rome, Rome, of course, was off the wall with that. So it was common to have multiple wives. So from that to one wife, do you see what I mean? So yes, there yes, you yes, go. Yes, you're right. right. Yeah. Right. You know, absolutely. and yeah. if you're going to quote the, I mean, my point is when I always emphasize this, why isn't the church uh, uh, being submissive to the Bible? A lot of a lot of the things that they do are completely counter. I grew up Catholic, and I've been arrested several times in this state by people who are Catholic, claiming I'm harassing them falsely, and the police writing up those reports as I'm literally quoting the Gospels, which I'm not only uh, entitled to do based on Matthew eighteen fifteen through seventeen, but also Canon Law two twelve. It's not only my right; it's my obligation, and that's what I quote. And boy, I'll tell you what: the, the, here in Corrupticate, it's the colonial state, <laughs> the, the 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 cops, the Italian I'm in, I'm in California, and you're in Corrupticate. All right, yeah, right. right? 
<laughs> Bill, yeah. thank you for the call. I always appreciate it. Thanks. Good. Thanks for taking yeah. it, Mike. Good talking cool. to you. All right. Say hi to Daniel. Hello, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gator. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, you know, that's uh, a big thing, I believe, with the Catholic Church. Let let these guys live normal lives. It's 2023. Come on. Let them live normal lives. And Gator, no, I think that you're supposed to, you, you, it's okay to have 25 wives, as long as the women are okay with it. Did you ever see Big Love, the show Big Love with Bill Paxton? That was a, that was a, uh, a great show. I love Big Love. I recommend it. Go on. HBO, I think, has it. And it's about uh, this... Uh, uh, you know, fundamentalist Mormon guy who has three wives, three homes, and they're all connected. The homes are all, <laughs> there's a path between each home. It's a great show. It really is. Um, tomorrow, I will get into, I was remiss, poor Alex Berenson. No one seems to be talking about his Twitter drop. Um, earlier today, uh, Alex Berenson was given uh, some files to go over. And his first Twitter report is about Scott Gottlieb. We all know Scott Gottlieb, MD, another guy who, you know, a top doctor within the uh, within the uh, White House. And he, uh, how Scott Gottlieb, a top Pfizer board member, used the same Twitter lobbyist as the White House to suppress debate on COVID vaccines, including from a fellow head of the U.S. FDA. So, um I'll read more about that tomorrow. I'll, I'll get into the Babylon B piece about the vaccine uh, injuries and I'll and deaths, and I'll also talk about Alex Berenson's Twitter files. And I think this is the, probably the beginning of a lot of dumps on the uh, on COVID and the uh, the suppression of uh, of free speech and the speech of many real good doctors and scientists who were banned and censored and suspended and canceled. Uh, for the last two and a half, three years. So we'll get more into that um, tomorrow. Uh, the name of this show is Unless Be Heard. For those of you who don't know, my show is on Monday through Friday. Monday night through Friday night. It's on 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. So that's Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night. 11 p.m. Pacific, sharp, 2 a.m. Eastern. Um, and... Tomorrow we'll talk more. Tomorrow night I'll be on. Now tomorrow night's an interesting. I should. I. I, I don't want. I was almost remiss. I want to mention that tomorrow night, Tuesday night, tonight, depending on where you are, I'm going to uh, Jennifer Say. As you remember, Jen, you know Jennifer Say from Levi's. She left Levi's. She gave up this big million, multi-million dollar job because she didn't want to get the vaccine. Jennifer Say and Daniel Kotzen is the husband. They moved from San Francisco to Denver because they wanted to go where the schools were open because their, their, their kids' schools were closed in San Francisco. Um, and Jennifer Say is giving a speech at the Liberty Center of, of, uh, of Santa Clara. And uh, I'm going to it. So I'm going to meet Jennifer Say, and I'll be at her speech. Um, and I believe she also wrote a book. So I'm going to be at that. Okay, I'm going to that. So the show could be on a little bit later. I'm not sure. I'll try to be on 11 p.m. sharp, but it could be on a little bit later because we'll be driving to Santa Clara to watch uh, Jennifer Say speak, but I'll have that to talk about as well. So we'll talk about Alex Berenson's Twitter drop, and we'll talk about you know the Babylon Bee piece, and we'll, we'll talk about uh, what, uh, what Jennifer Say uh, had to say. Ah, get that. Say had to say at the, uh, the Liberty Center of, of Santa Clara. We'll talk a little bit more about that. All right. 
The name of the show is in Let's Be Heard. And I'm Micah Chopley, reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.